You're listening to the Multiverse Fancast, proud member of the Misfit Faction Media Network. All right, then. On with the show. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Multiverse Fancast. Don't forget, you can take us on the go with Podbean, Spotify, Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, or any other listening stations. You can also check out our content on our website, themisfitfaction.com, where you'll find links to our podcasts, as well as Rob's articles that he writes every so often, whenever there are shows out to write about. As opposed to the articles that people speak. Yes. (laughs) And with me in the studio, as always, is Paul. Paul, how are you doing? Oh, I'm so good, Ronnie. How are you? I'm doing pretty good. Can't complain at all. Anything else you want to add there? No, no I'm good. Other than you look like you want to. No, I'm good. I'm good. <laughs> all right. And we are also joined by Rob. Rob, how are you? I'm awesome, and I'm happy to be here. Awesome. Prevent. That's Russian for hello. <laughs> and with that being said, we're going to keep moving on. Uh, so we are here today to talk about The Kingsman. Uh, so it's a movie that came out a couple weeks ago. Are you sure it's not King's Men? I'm pretty sure it's King's Men. I think it's King's You're Men. You're wrong. Just look back <laughs> on our previous episode about this. Put, and you know I called you all out on it. Insert link here. <laughs> what makes you think I can know how to do that? Barely edit, guys. <laughs> Um, but yeah, so we are finally doing our review on this pretty good movie. Um, but before we get <laughs> Rob into hated it. that, we do have a little bit of news. So little, Rob's going to take it away. A little bit of news, mostly dr- around two items. Uh, I'll go for the shorter one first. Um, Morbius has been delayed until April the 1st. It was supposed to come out in about joke? two weeks, and now they moved it to April 1st. Now, there are two possibilities for as to why. Uh, one is because of uh, the rise of the Omicron variant, and COVID is just sort of really out of control. I think I heard a statistic that, like something like yesterday, there was like three hundred thirty thousand new cases in America, and that's just the ones that they're they're able to find. So they were worried about theater attendance, so they stopped. Another reason, though, that's being rumored is that uh, Spider-Man: No Way Home has greater legs than they thought it was going to have. It's got and, eight, and they it's got eight legs. Actually, it's got 24 legs. There's three of them. Spoilers! And Spider-Man's got three variants. Um, but it is doing much better than everyone. Uh, are saying that they pushed it to April 1st because Spider-Man is... They didn't want to have Spider-Man money cutting into Morbius money. And since both properties are owned mm-hmm. by Sony, they were a little worried about that. So they decided to push it to April 1st. They were like, we got this billion dollars to spend before yeah. Morbius comes out. On advertising for Morbius. So, I think this is the sixth time Morbius has been delayed. Yeah, so yeah. just speaking to it um, from like a perspective of I've been watching this very carefully. Because I, I was actually excited for Morbius, just as I was excited for Venom. Let's not talk about it. But um, <laughs> obviously, it, it can't be the COVID thing. Because if they were afraid that COVID was going to, to destroy the box office... I mean, look at Spider-Man. Spider-Man made... Over a billion dollars. Yeah. Mm-hmm. People will go see it if they're really, truly And interested. I don't think it even opened in China yet, which is a major market for yeah. Yeah. Sony and Spider-Man. So, so there's that. And then there are also rumors, and these are all just rumors, speculation, that there is a renewed interest in Andrew Garfield as Spider-Man. Yes. That is – well, is, I think there's just a renewed interest in Andrew Garfield. Yes. You know, he had an amazing year. He, he's doing very well, and I think there's a greater sense of appreciation. I posted a meme the other day about how, like – 
everybody appreciates Andrew Garfield's Spider-Man, but I'm sitting there going, I was there. I was the first. And <laughs> mm-hmm. if you guys listen to our, our episode where we talked about the Amazing Spider-Man series, I always said he was my favorite Spider-Man and my least favorite Spider-Man movies. Yeah. So there's this. there are rumors. This is all rumors. This is not us saying that this is fact. That reshoots are happening that include Andrew Garfield in the Morbius oh, really? Spider-Man movie. Because okay. there's still a lot of speculation as to what universe this movie takes place in. Right. Yeah. They have a trailer that references Venom. They right. have a tra- they have trailers that reference Michael Keaton as, as the Vulture. Who was not, spoilers, but was nowhere in No Way Home. Correct, yep. which was another strange thing. Yeah. But So there are a lot of rumors flying around. Spider-Man is one of the hottest properties at the moment. I mean, Spider-Man is always a very popular property. It's one of the most successful comic Mm -hmm. book uh, properties of all time. But there's a lot of rumors now because now we see that people can handle multiple stories with multiple versions of the same character. We got the Batman also coming out, which is another thing. And then the Flash is coming out. And, you know, Ben Affleck just said that. He's done. This is his last time being yeah. Batman, and it's some of his favorite stuff. And there's a lot of rumors about DC, too, with all that stuff. So we won't know until the movie actually no. comes out, but I'm getting a lot of New Mutants vibes from all this. Yeah. Ooh. That Did movie, you ever yeah. end up seeing New Mutants? I, saw, I just saw as much of it as I can stomach. So the, <laughs> so the opening and, scene. And that was an only an hour and a half movie. <laughs> yeah. That was another movie that they kept pushing, and they kept pushing, and they kept yeah, pushing, yeah. and they kept pushing, and then reshoots, and this, and then that. And then they were going back to their original vision of horror, and then they were in a Taylor Joy, and then... Yeah. So that's where we're at with Morbius. Any other news? I've got two, and they're both linked to the same property, The Boys. So yep, The Boys yep. Season 3 has been announced for a date. We have an official date. is June 3rd. Yep. And on that date, they are dropping three episodes, which is official. So it will be uh, – they're calling it the Summer of Herogasm. I'll <laughs> let, let you know what that is when it comes. So other than the fact that they are adapting one of their more – Racier, racier, risque, and that saying that's saying something for the boys. Uh, yeah. Storylines. We don't really want to get too much into detail until it actually happens because it it's the boys has taken a lot of liberties with the source material and some of it to mm-hmm. great effect. So it it's going to be interesting. And rather than speculate what they could be showing, we'll wait till yeah. you know. The, I, I do have to say that I you know every time they veer off from the source material, it's always made it. It's always for the better. Mm-hmm. Like the show, I think, actually improves the source material. I agree. Um, the second bit of information I have is also linked to the boys, which is uh, that they announced a spinoff series. Uh, so let me read this description to you here. It says, The new drama is described as a Hunger Games-esque R-rated drama set on the campus of America's only super-exclusive university who compete for the best contracts being drafted out to cities like Los Angeles and New York. Um, and then there's another description, which is on IMDb. It's, it says, The lives of hormonal competitive soups as they put their physical, sexual, and moral boundaries to the test, competing for contracts in cities. I don't know what this could be about. I don't know how this spinoff it's, is going to work. It, it's almost, it, it gives me like X-Men vibes. Yeah. Uh, mixed tri- up with triple hum- x-men yeah, yeah. triple, <laughs> triple x-men. x it's the triple x-men yeah. i like that trip the triple x-men with like it said hunger games involved yeah. almost you know i know it's gonna be interesting i guess as long as it's a lot of the same creators and writers i don't see yes. how they could go wrong because they're just they've been doing such great work oh, yeah. on the boys phenomenal so. and that's all the news i have are those three items Oh, you, oh, Paul's got something. Go ahead. Well, thank you, Rob, for your bit of news. But before we finish our news segment, Paul? Paul's got news. So apparently, and this was announced today, oh. that there is rumor that the— that We don't Warner, handle rumors. No. Rumor Warner, has it. Supposedly, Warner Brothers is looking to sell the CW. 
This was sent to us by one of our listeners, uh, Brendan. You know, we, uh, mm-hmm. if you guys have ever listened to our show, he's been a big supporter, and a, I think he's been on uh, Cinematic Adventures. He's been on. Yes. So there is rumor at this point that the, that Warner Brothers is looking to sell the CW, the actual network. Uh, no news on who would be buying it, where it would go, what would happen to the shows. This is now the second time that the network mm-hmm. has been bought. It used to be uh, WB and, and UPN9 right. back yep. in the day. Yeah. Then they merged, and uh, several shows, including Supernatural, Smallville, they all made the jump over to the the brand new CW. But we'll see. There's nothing official yet, but um, it's surprising. Are there many really hot shows on CW anymore? They, Riverdale? The, Riverdale still, yeah. well, still Riverdale's, does okay. It's, yeah, and it's, it's doing okay. It's yeah, not it's doing like, okay. like what's in it's, the zeitgeist right now? You've got Naomi's coming out. Naomi I know about, yeah. Superman and Lois. That's true. Uh, the Flash is still on. Riverdale. iZombie um, was a big one. Is that still on? No, iZombie's no, gone. That a few um, years ago. Roswell they do. Um, I think All-American was another but one. But nothing that's like really at the cutting edge of what everyone's talking no, about. No, it would be smarter if they... If they wanted to to sell the shows first and then sell it, but unfortunately the shows are the selling point of the network. So yeah. we'll we'll see what happens yeah. with that. Be interesting to say though. All right, so I think that's going to wrap us up for today's news. Before we get into our review of the Kingsmen, we're going to take a quick commercial break. Today's episode is brought to you by Ray's Energy Drinks from Rep Sports. Whether you're trying to crush your afternoon workout or just need a little extra pick-me-up, Ray's Energy is just the boost that you're going to need. So if you go to repsports.com and any product that you order, enter the code MISFIT89 at checkout to receive 15% off. Anything that you guys buy from that store helps our network grow, and we fully, fully appreciate everything you guys do. That's MISFIT89 at checkout, repsports.com. Welcome back, everyone. We hope you had a nice little break. Um, But we're going to jump right into our review of The Kingsman. What we're going to do is we're going to break everything down by character. Um, And then, obviously, as we talk about the characters, we'll also be going over kind of the plot of it. Not by reputation? (laughs) (laughs) Got it, got it, got it. I don't get it. Oh, they make man. the comments about They're reputation me. versus character in this movie several times. <laughs> it's like a plot point. And I still don't get it. That's going to be actually the title of the episode. I don't R- get it. <laughs> Rob doesn't get it. Rob doesn't get it. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, but we're going to lead things off with a spoiler uh-huh. warning. <laughs> no. Uh, at this point. Well, you got. We'll just. This, do it this has beginning. been out for yeah. three weeks, so hopefully, and to much diminishing returns in terms of box office too. Yeah, I don't even know what the budget was. Can't we'll we'll talk about that a little bit later. When kind of when we talk about our overall review of the movie and everything, we'll go into all those fine details. Uh, but to get things started off, we have Rafe Fines, who plays Orlando Oxford. Well done on the name. Thank you, sir. Thanks, right. Google. <laughs> <laughs> no, I knew that all in my brain. Just kidding. Um, it was like a 10-minute discussion, too. Really yeah, there, there's a few names in this cast that, before we went on air, that were like, all right, we got to figure out how to pronounce and these. And we Googled a lot of We names. figured it out, and I will still butcher it. Don't worry. Um, but what do we think about Oxford? Paul? I didn't know his name was Orlando. Yeah. Did, right? I don't even know if they actually mentioned – they probably do, but um, – But not from memory, as it, far as we're concerned. So I, I know we're not going to talk – we're going to talk spoilers, and we're going to talk – you know the plot, but I yeah. was I, I enjoyed his character. You know his character made sense throughout the movie. Like you kind of understood where he was coming from. He saw an extreme act of violence against mm-hmm. his wife, and you know he was also he's a pacifist in the start of this movie. 
I, I there were some very questionable things towards the end. Um, yeah. The scene with him and Rasputin still really confuses and made yeah. me super uncomfortable. But um, otherwise, like he gave it his all, and he does a lot of the physical stunts himself, which was really good. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I enjoyed him as Arthur. He, if anybody's going to be Arthur by the end of the movie, it should be him. Oh you yeah, know, Voldemort. You know, good <laughs> good version of Voldemort. Yeah, right. But uh, I I enjoyed uh, Arthur in this for the most part. Awesome, Rob. So you were asking me about Ra- Rafe Fines. Yes. Port role in this. Yeah, his, his role in this and in the character. Uh oh. I. Oh no! Uh, I mean, I love <laughs> Rafe Fines. I I think he is a, a an excellent actor. You know, I've been watching. I remember him back from the English Patient back in I think that was like 1992 or something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, he's he's amazing. Um. And uh, everything he does, he brings a lot of. Uh, he elevates the material mm-hmm. consistently. Uh, so it was, you know, I have huge, huge overall problems with this movie. Yeah. Um, but as term, in terms of him being a cog in the in the machine, he's probably one of the best cogs in there. <laughs> <laughs> All right. What about um, you, Ronnie? Um, you know, I, I like the character. Um, kind of what you were saying, Paul. Like you, you get where he's coming from from the beginning you know the whole thing with his son not wanting him to join military not wanting him to travel or anything like that after seeing you know what he saw and it's almost in his way in his eyes it's his fault that you know his mom died um and you know his son's put in that position that he's in and everything so it was just an interesting kind of backstory you know of the character and everything to see going forward um, that we see with his character. Um, any other thoughts on Orlando? I'm, I'm just glad he had a nose. You know. Yeah. Because he, he knows what's going on. He knows what's going on. All right. Next up, then we have Gemma Arterton. She plays Pollyanna or Polly Wilkins, and at the end, we find out she's Galahad. I love Gemma Arterton. I really yeah. do. In this or in general? In general. I don't know her. I know the name, but she, I don't know She's who, one of those actors. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think it was Clash of the Titans. Whatever the first one they did was. Okay. She, that was the first time I ever saw her. Um, she was in uh, Quantum of Solace, one of the James Bond films. And she's just one of those actresses that I just really enjoy. And I loved her in this. She was mm-hmm. like the stern, like not maternal figure, I guess, but like the like the badass chick. And there were plenty of times yeah. where we're sitting there and, and I'm listening to her and you know, I look over at producer Melanie. I'm like, "That's you." <laughs> what? What did? What did she do that was so awesome in this film? I just, I thought she was badass in a time where, especially women, couldn't be badasses, and there was a time like where she was better. Like, well, no, I mean specifically, like, what were the moments? Because I'm, tr- I'm trying to remember, and I don't really when remember she her being the, in many the scenes. Fake, when the fake she, blade out of, uh, I'm gonna butcher his name. Dij, Dij, oh, I can't, Dij, I can't. Dijamon. Hansu? I got this one. Jimon Hansu. Okay, thank you. You know, at the beginning when he's practicing the like the knife fighting yeah. uh, with Conrad and she shoots But that's like, the thing, is that like she just stands there and does something and then says something witty and, and yeah. that was it for me. I like I didn't see her as actually being consequential to the film other than like she was a, a Deus ex machina. She was just that person that was there at the right time to do the thing that needed to be done. Yeah. I mean, I I can assume everybody else would have figured out how to break that code all by themselves too. That was the I will t- I will or, give that to you. That's or the figure only out how thing to that create a network. That's of... the only moment that she showed any character was when she was struggling to put the code together, and even that wasn't even done in real time. That was a montage, so it was just like moments. Or even you know, like putting together 
a network of spies? If we saw her putting that together, yes, I would give it to you. But just to say, oh, she did this, that doesn't give me anything. I think what Rob's trying to say is like, we understand that she did a lot. But we just don't want to see, see her, her doing it. Right. You know, that, a lot that's of, his issue is you you just Oh, yeah, I did that. Do you remember the, oh, she did your that. English teacher telling you this all the time in your essays? You know, don't tell us you did those things. Show, show us those things happening. How do you show something in an essay? <laughs> by telling the By story. using descriptive words. But that's telling. By using the, but don't tell me that you, you know, won the championship. Show me the details of you leading up to the winning of that championship, and then I'll appreciate he, he, the story that's me that telling, much more. That's me telling you what I did. No, no. But but he's saying, give me the details. He, he's saying, write down the steps that yeah. you did, the practicing, you know, the yeah, training and exactly. all that to win the championship. For for this character, it was almost just, hey, oh yeah, she figured that she out. She did this. I Me, mean, you know, in a matter of film wise, two seconds. But we see it took her more like say two weeks or something like right. that. Right. And how many times I can think of two times in the movie where they just all of a sudden you saw someone getting shot or something getting shot and everyone went, Where'd that come from? And then you saw her with the smoking gun. Yeah. I don't want to see I want to see her struggling to find the aim and then want not wanting to hit the wrong person and then yeah. like like I want to see what would you would you kind of sort of get Towards the end, where she's in the little like shed. That and, was yes. the few moments. Yeah, there's a moment that Ronnie's talking about where she's in a shed and she's with rifle and she's taking out different people at the bottom of the elevator. Yes, I wanted to see more like that. Yeah. That was one of the few moments that you, I actually was like, you don't wow, want that's to just see awesome. the end result. You yeah. wanted to see the whole thing. So I, I get where you're coming from. You wanted to see a montage of her getting Not better. Not a montage. But I no, wanted here's to. here's my here's my point, and I, I sat quietly and listened. Thank you. So <laughs> you're you're saying that you want to see that struggle, that that inability to do something at a perfect level that she she sometimes portrays, like she, you know she's the one that kills Rasputin when all the boys couldn't do yeah, it, right? Um, and she did no, it because she, when they left the mess. Well, yeah, <laughs> but also that was a payoff to an earlier scene. When she shoots the gun, the knife out of uh, his right. hand, she specifically says, "This is the time of bullets. Learn how to use a gun." Right. I don't need to see. Uh, we had plenty of montages and scenes of people improving over time. We got an entire thing with Conrad getting better and and learning to be a soldier. I am totally fine with having a character that just has a natural skill set just come onto the screen, and I don't need to know. That's fine, but like compare what she does to say. Uh, Channing Tatum in the previous film where we saw him with was he the one with the whip? No. Yeah, no, yeah, no the one the yeah, well, no. Pedro Pascal. But yeah. no, I mean in the in the winery there when it's uh in the in the Scotch winery, remember when he's first confronts them and, and he, he does, beats the crap out of them? Yeah, him? like that's a scene where he shows mastery, but at least he's displaying mastery. I guess. I mean, I, I have you fired a gun? Yes, why? Just hitting a target like a knife out of somebody's hand without damage in the hand. I thought that was a perfect right, but like, show of mastery. But but it's not enough just to see that one shot. I want to see skills that are encompassing everything she's able to do. I, I think what Rob's trying to say too is the fact that she deserved maybe a little bit more screen yeah. time than what than what she was given. Okay. Yeah, you she know? was just that character that showed up at the right moment. Yeah. All right. Um, all right, so moving on, right? We have Reese Ifans. He plays Grigori Rasputin. Um, I did not like Rasputin at all. Wow. Really? I, I yeah. Okay. I, Tell I, us why. It was a weird character, um, <clears throat> and it, it was hard to decipher 
what he actually is, like mm. what what he actually does, you know, because in the movie he ends up healing Oxford's leg, right? But it's it's almost like did he drug him? Like right. does he actually do it? Because you see earlier where he's controlling, um, what the heck was, was the, that? Czar Nicholas. Czar was it Czar Nicholas I'm or <laughs> whoever it was? I can't remember either who it was. Um, but then you see him like dripping this stuff into their mouths afterwards. So it's almost like, is he drugging them to make them Complac- believe that they're yeah, actually right. better or doing he does what's right? Stab Jimon Hansu later with it, and he gets yes. all foggy. So there's it's definitely opium. like they, they specifically it, say oh did so, they? I missed yeah, they that. specifically say okay. that it's opium. Yeah. So like part of me is like, does he actually heal them? At all, like is is Oscar's leg actually healed? Which obviously, I guess it is because you see him right. later on in the movie. But it, it was just weird to see, and the fact that it, they make him seem immortal by getting stabbed and slashed all over. Oh, that's historically accurate. Yeah. Well, no, I know, but but then a, a gunshot that inflicts the pain kills him. It's like it's like it's so. Is it if I would have stabbed him in the head, would that have worked? Well, it, like. Yeah, Paul was saying that like that actually is historically accurate yeah. that he was stabbed, poisoned, shot, drowned, and like he survived mm-hmm. all of them. But when they finally found him dead, he was bullet, bullet wound to, to the head. To the yeah. head, yeah. So I don't think all of those things happened at the same time like this. I, yeah. I think it was over a few attempts. Yeah, Rasputin is one of those like bigger than life actual historical figures that we'll never know that. But he was right. he was a messed up guy, mm-hmm. and he did you know he used the the son of the the czar to keep control like yeah you know i think he had hemophilia or something like that the kid and like rasputin was oh, able really? to like so but i i agree with ronnie the whole scene with him and orlando is very strange and yeah you're talking I, about the dinner scene this when they go into the study okay yeah the otherwise like the, it's fantastic like you know when they first oh, their yeah. first interactions and like they try and send conrad in and conrad's just terrible yeah but um I, the scene where the healing of the leg I agree. I feel like they should have shown because they they address it. They're like, "Why is he acting weird?" Like, but then yeah. they, they didn't. And then he's like licking his leg. It's yeah. very. It was a very weird scene. And if they had just said, "Oh, he he drugged me," yeah. Because I mean, like at this, what is it, nineteen oh nine ish? Nineteen twelve. Fourteen. Was it fourteen? Well, nineteen fourteen is when Archduke was assassinated. Uh, so it's the movie starts in nineteen oh two, and then it jumps twelve years. Yeah. All right. Okay. So nineteen fourteen, and you know, like things like. Uh, morphine and uh, high pain-killing drugs are around-ish? I don't know. I don't we, know. We, we didn't do any historical <laughs> research We, we were one. actually, producer Melanie and I were both looking up historical things in the theater <laughs> yeah. uh, on either side of, of Paul, and he was getting blinded it by our It was so phones. distracting. <laughs> Even with the, the low lights. But um, yeah. yeah, like if they had just thrown in like a line like, what did he put in my drink? Like yeah. something along those lines. Because it's almost like... He's hypnotizing him. Yeah, and Kingsman has always been a as as out there as it has been. It's mm-hmm. always has a sense of realism, like you know the the cell phone thing in the first movie. Like that's a it's a neurological yeah. uh, sound wave, you know it's things like that. And then suddenly to be like magic, yeah, yeah. Or even if they were like he knows how to he has some sort of hypnotism. Like mm-hmm. it's just because that's a skill set. That's an actual skill set that people are susceptible to. So I don't know. It was a weird scene. The the fight scene itself was fantastic. Yes, that was one of the few highlights of the movie for me. Was that that fight scene with the yeah. dan- the Russian dancing and everything? Uh, any any fight scene in a King's movie, Kingsman movie is always a good time. Even like the ending one, which so many jump cuts because obviously Ray Fiennes can only do as much well, as is he sixty? Yeah. 
he's up there. He's up there. He's definitely age, yeah. up there. So it, it was a little. Now, I will say I I liked Reese Ethan. Reese I fans, there it is. Yep. <laughs> uh, portrayal of Rasputin. For as weird as it was, I still, at least it was something that was drawing my eye and I was getting a sense of, mm-hmm. like I was confused a little bit by the tone because at times, I agree with you that at times it was like, is is what's real, what's not, what what's he after, what's his yeah. goal, what's he trying to do, what's only you know him accomplishing without intending to do. So I didn't like know what was really going on with mm-hmm. him because his mm-hmm. motives didn't seem very clear. Um, but personality wise, I thought it was funny and, and pretty good. The pedophilic stuff was icky. Um, when yeah, he was it, trying to be with Conrad, because I, I leaned over to Paul and I'm like, "Isn't he? Isn't Conrad underage? So isn't this pedophile?" Well, we find out. He we was find 18. out he was 18. Yeah. Which I guess that does that make it okay? <laughs> there's, no, there's probably just a legal. I, I think when they were calling him a minor, that he was just not legally able to sign up for the military. Yeah. Yeah. Well, if you remember, this was the problem we, we were talking about last week with The Witcher, where you've got this underage girl and all these old men hitting on her, and it's yeah. like, ooh, this well, is weird. Unfortunately, and I think we mentioned it during our Witcher thing, it is an unfortunate product of its times and again yeah. this movie is very interesting because i i like movies that play around with history yes and mm-hmm. and i always enjoy them you know they were they were researching you know producer melanie and rob were, were looking up like the assassination of franz ferdinand like mm-hmm. all this stuff and it's a, a lot of this stuff does line up yeah. loosely mm-hmm. more so than i thought it was going to this this yeah. whole movie reminded me of assassin's creed I don't know if anybody's familiar mm. with the Assassin's uh, Creed video games. Yeah. Wait, oh, are you talking about Assassin's Creed? Not the video? movie. Okay. We don't talk about the movie. No. The movie, the movie, the movie. <laughs> but the, the video games where they, they play with historical uh, significance and, you know, throwing the assassins in instead. Mm-hmm. And so it gave me that this this is what a good Assassin's Creed movie would have been. Yeah. yeah. Uh, spoiler alert, it's not the best Kingsman movie. Well, I think oh, no. we can all kind of agree on that one. Is yeah. it even middle of the pack? No. 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 This is, the, you, this is the weakest of the this three? This is the weakest of the three for, for me, anyway. Me spoiler, too. Spoiler yeah. alert. Okay, so we're on the same page with that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but I think of differing opinions on the actual yeah, quality of the so. film. Yeah. But, yeah. But, yeah, yeah Res, uh, Rasputin, I was just, and again, sorry, spoilers, but the commercials led me to believe that he was one of the major parts of the movie, yeah. and he dies a third of the way into the movie. Yeah. yeah they but, almost made him seem like he was going to be like the, the big bad. The yeah. Bad you guy, know? yeah. And he's not at all no. in the slightest. And so let's let's get that out of the way. The trailers lied to us about this movie. Which yeah. I like. Yes. I like when the trailers lie, because now you're like, wait, that's actually what, well, let's, what happened? Let's... Be specific and say, what exactly do you feel the trailers lied about? Because I think we have different definitions here. I will say that I thought Rasputin was going to be the main antagonist. <clears throat> mm-hmm. And I thought that Conrad, not only did I not know he was going to be Ray, uh, the son, mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. actual like Orlando's kid, but also I, I was under the opinion that he would take over the movie and that Rafe, mm-hmm. uh, Rafe Fiennes would actually die okay. in, in protecting him or something along those lines. I feel that it lied to me too, but differently than that. What do you? Okay. I, I would, I would probably agree with Paul. It's just almost like the plot of of it all. You know, like you knew obviously there was some bad guy behind it, but everything you saw it was just Rasputin, Rasputin, Rasputin. Yeah. You know, and it and it threw you off. You know, I wouldn't necessarily say it lied because he still is a bad guy, um, in the movie. But, but he's a pawn. Yeah, but he's a pawn, and, and which again, I like that it kind of throws you. It makes you look over here when over here is actually doing the yeah. work. All right, so I'm okay when trailers lie to me in terms of like plot. <laughs> mm-hmm. 
What the problem yeah. I had with this film is that I feel the trailers lied to me in terms of tone. That mm-hmm. the trailers indicated this was going to be one of the the really fun Kingsman movies with like uh, anachronistic you know music playing like they yeah. you remember they had ACDC playing yep. in the and they had you know the soldiers getting shot and everything and people dancing around and ha- making jokes and everything none of that was in the no. movie at all it was actually like if you take the movie it, it was like a spy version of saving private ryan i was gonna say that yeah yep i I was gonna say a spy version of like 1917 uh but i haven't seen that yet so yeah (laughs) i I got major major feels of of uh saving private ryan and ryan especially in in the battlefield scene and everything like that which i did really like that that's probably one of my favorite scenes i liked it but not in my kingsman movies yeah like to me this was this shouldn't have been a kingsman movie for Mm -hmm. me this should have been something totally different. And I think I would have maybe even enjoyed it a little bit better if it didn't have Kingsman attached to it at mm, all. Yeah. But because it did, I had expectations knowing you're, you're the previous there. two yep. movies of like, wow, this is going to be yeah. just over-the-top satiric fun. And it wasn't. Yeah. It was dour. Yeah. Yeah, there were a couple of moments even like – and we'll talk about it when we get to his character. But Conrad like dies in it. And it's it's like, yeah. oh, shit. Yeah. Excuse me. I forgot this. Was the <laughs> it's it's okay to slip. It's, right. it's, it's fine. fine. I slipped. But uh, speaking of Conrad, uh, he's portrayed by Harris Dickinson. Really? Har- <laughs> I know Harris is Harris a very is common so name. Funny. Harris is a funny name. <laughs> it really is. Um, I liked him. I understood him, but he he did follow a lot of the the sun tropes of yeah. movies, especially of those times where it's like, I want to do the thing that you don't want me yeah. to do because it's the right thing to do, like. Nobody really learns their lesson in this movie. Like yeah. he, he finally, he, like he comes to the realization: my dad was always right. That's that's a trope. That's another trope. trope. It's you yeah, know the yeah. parent was right the whole time, and then the parents like no, the kid was right the whole time. A lot of tropes. Um, I don't want to call it lazy writing because like the, they sell it and they sell it well to a point, and I think it's well acted by both him and and Ray Fiennes. But I just mismanaged writing. I think yeah. they should have committed to one way or the other yeah instead of like the kid realizes that the dad was right because he's been in four minutes of war and then the dad was like no the son was right that i have to fight to be and then he's success it just Mm -hmm. in all honesty they really should have flipped the script a little bit on that and like i said have have orlando oxford be like no you pacifism is the way to go and then he realizes that he has to fight but it's too late and he you know, he loses his life mm-hmm. because he waited too long to get in the fight. Something, something along yeah. those lines. Yeah. Um, I think a passing of the torch storyline would have been mm-hmm. better. Because don't get me wrong, there was a huge shock factor. Yeah, and, I was shocked as well. And the scene of them in the trenches where they um at nighttime is yeah. fantastic. That the tension mm. was there. Oh the, yeah. That felt like a Kingsman scene just because like there was the tension, the the beautiful fight choreography. It's it's overly violent, but at the same time, I agree with Rob. This movie does not fit the tone of the other mm, Kingsman no. movies. And unfortunately, if you're going to do a prequel, like the movie that sets up right. your other movies, they should follow the same kind of fun. Zane. Like they could have made this movie so fun. Yeah. yeah. Like Reese Fons, when he's Rasputin, he's having fun. Yes. He's having a great time. And he is probably the most, I don't want to say fleshed out character, but the most alive character. The in most this. Kingsman-esque character. Yeah. yeah. You know, he's, he's like Poppy from Kingsman, yeah. uh, well, the second one. And that's yeah. the thing with a lot of, with Kingsman movies, they are, they tout themselves as over-the-top satiric James Bond making fun of the spy genre. Mm-hmm. And 
okay, if you're going to make fun of the war genre, that's fine. You can yeah. do that, but they don't. They play it straight, and I'm like, yeah. why am I – like, I, I, sitting in the theater, I was like, what is the point of any of this? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Dang uh, it. I got sad. <laughs> oh, man. Because I'll be it, honest, like, I, I enjoyed the movie. I really did. And, you know, there are, like, the fun callbacks to the other movies, you know, the Manners Maketh Man type stuff, yeah. um, you know, looking good. Orlando feeling good, you know, like those things. And, you know, like you smile and you chuckle, but like, I remember watching Kingsman and then watching the the second one and, and chuckling. Sorry. The King, (laughs) yeah. Watching Kingsman. Sorry. But, um, you know, and chuckling and enjoying myself and being like, wow, this is like groundbreaking stuff. Like this is, this is all the things that I love about this, both the spy genre and the satire genre, but we're watching this movie and I found myself just kind of sad during it. Yeah. Yeah. I felt that, a lot of the origin stuff in there was felt forced mm-hmm. and shoehorned in mm-hmm. um, like the, the lines, like the feeling good and everything. And, and, you know, like the clothes maketh man and all those things they, that they were just like, Hey, this is from the previous two movies. We got to stick it in this one. The only one that I did feel organic was the naming of like Merlin and, yes. and, and Arthur and everything like that one. It was at least, okay, that's kind of cool how mm-hmm. that first came about. And now they set that up, but everything else just felt shoehorned in. Now yeah. I, I want to bring up one more other thing. Cause I keep forgetting to bring this up. This movie, I think also suffers from something. The second movie suffered from was too many plots. Like how mm. would this have played differently if they just cut the first five minutes? Mm. Yeah. Like, and just that he was, he was somewhat, kind of pacifist his mother died years ago and whatever you know and then we wouldn't have had to have that whole thing hanging over but then the idea of oh i i encouraged my son into the army and this is what happened like that just stick with that that would have been fine i don't think you had to have all these other you know tentacles out there for Mm -hmm. it you know what movie this reminds me of Mm. the patriot with Mm. mel gibson and heath ledger I haven't seen The Patriot. That's fine. But it's, it's a very similar thing where, yeah. where Mel Gibson plays this pacifistic farmer yeah. because he did fight in a previous war and he was he was a butcher. Like mm-hmm. he was a, like a terrifying warrior and he chose this pacifistic life and then he loses one of his sons. And then and his oldest son, played by Heath Ledger, was like, I'm going to the war. I want to fight for America. Right. It, it, it gave me like major. Yeah. It sounds like it. Yeah. It, it, and it's a period piece. It's during mm-hmm. the American Revolutionary War, which is similar to, yeah. you know, I know it's 200 yeah. years difference, but like. No, but it sounds like it's the same template. Very similar. Very similar template. Yes. And that maybe that's why this movie was just mm-hmm. kind of like sitting in me wrong. Like, mm-hmm. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, but moving on, in my opinion, we're going to talk about. Maybe the most Kingsman-y thing about this movie is uh, Jiman Hansu as Shola, and then later on, Merlin. You know, I, I think he was as close to a Kingsman as we can get in this movie. Uh, How so? I, I think just the training aspect okay. of training Conrad and everything, you know, to be the protector and everything. And then the scene of him, you know, jumping through when... Uh, Polly's in the little shed thing towards the end. He's, you know, jumping around and everything. Like, I, you, you actually see, like, somebody that you can see as a Kingsman. Like, I don't see Oxford as a Kingsman, really. Right. Oh, you know, a little about, bit. could have said that about um, uh, who plays... Uh, who plays Harry in the first movie? It's gonna drive me crazy. The King's Colin Steve. Firth. Thank you. Yeah. yeah, I just his name was just not yeah. sitting there. Like we could have said that about him too. Yeah. Like we didn't expect him to start beat people up at the bar yeah. and then the yeah. church scene. But I I agree. Like he's he also has the funniest lines of the movie. Mm-hmm. Like the the line with uh, him and the about the airplane. Like, yeah. If we were meant to fly. We'd have wings. 
Well, you drive the car. You don't have wheels. Yeah. Jamon Hansu is another one that elevates the material every time yes. he's in it. He's very mm-hmm. good. He always is. Um, the first movie I ever saw him in was uh, Never Back Down. Yeah, and that, that's like a you know it's like a cheesy teenage coming of age story, but like with mm-hmm. martial arts involved. Yep. But uh, it it he killed it in that movie, and he was mm-hmm. like one of the the higher points of it. Mm-hmm. Oscar nominated for Amistad. Yes. Yep. And he like like Ronnie said, he brings that Kingsman physicality to it. He does. When he does the knife fight with Rasputin, it's fantastic. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And it, you could tell it's a lot more of him than you know, good old Orlando. Well, and compare him going back to Harris Dickinson, who plays Conrad. He was just a blank slate to me. He was like... Conrad? uh, Who is it? He was like Jai Courtney before he got into (laughs) Captain Boomerang. That I was like, why is he here? What is the purpose? He has the one defining feature about him. That's it. That's it. Harris? Uh, Yeah. Or Conrad's character. Conrad's character has one defining feature. The mustache? No, we. Oh, okay. uh, <laughs> lot, I will say a lot of solid mustaches in this oh, movie. Yeah. The oh, mustache yeah. game is on point. But Conrad is, I'm going to war because it's the right thing to do, and a little bit of you're not letting me out of the world. Yeah, you know? yeah. that was his. That was his one defining character trait, and there was nothing else about yeah, him. There wasn't. Like, yeah, no. I, I just, it, unfortunately, like that he fell flat, and he, sh- and but again, we thought he was Literally. going to be the main ca- uh, <laughs> flat on his back. Yeah, and, and I was also thinking, like, I think a. Better act, a better, maybe even slightly more recognizable actor in that role would have done a lot better that, for us, the audience. I think for me, I wanted him to be Eggsy. Yeah. yeah. Like, what if they had put like Taron Egerton or something in this? But see, what I'm trying to say is, I didn't know Taron Egerton. Right. And then he stole the show yeah. as yeah. Eggsy. He's like to stand. Oh wait a minute, I'm, I'm thinking of the wrong person. Yeah, probably. Uh, but what's to, his name from An- Ansel Edgar? Yes, thank you. That's who I was that, thinking. That would have been that would have <laughs> been Ansel funny. Edgar. Actually, I'd be okay. I'm amazed that you got that. <laughs> <laughs> I've been watching West Side Story all week, guys. Yes, Ansel <laughs> Baby Driver. Yes, yeah. that's oh, what I, I was going to say. Yep. Baby Driver. Well yes. done. That's solid reference. <laughs> yeah. But um, but how much how that would have been so much better having someone like that? Because Harris Dickinson, I looked up stuff that he did, and I'm like, I don't know this guy from anything, and he's not memorable in the slightest. We got to talk about some of these other cast members too. Like they got some big. Don't worry. We got some big names. We got to some not, time. Yeah, no. who did nothing. <laughs> who got, who did nothing? Yeah, go ahead, yeah. Ronnie. Um, are we are we done with a uh, Jimon? Yeah, yes. he was a highlight. Yeah. Um, next up, we're going to talk about three characters. Okay. So this is Tom Hollander. He plays King George, Kaiser Wilhelm, and Tsar Nicholas. Wait, what? He's King George, who then becomes Percival. Yeah, Tom Hollander. Oh, oh, not Tom Holland. <laughs> yeah, no. Did I say Tom Holland? No, no you he, didn't. I oh, didn't. okay. I was like, whoops. He was playing three different characters. Yeah, yeah he was I didn't all know the that. he was all the cousins. Oh, I guess I figured that out. Now. Right now, now, now that you're looking at it, you're like, oh, I, to, to I see. The, to the internet. <laughs> but Holland, we, you talked about mustaches earlier, so I figure we go there next. <laughs> they all had different mustaches. That's why Rob didn't recognize them. <laughs> That's like that's like Superman when he wears his glasses. Ah, uh, yeah. See, you guys all gave me grief on that one. <laughs> Wait a minute. Which, who's Tom Holland? Because I, I I read somewhere that Tom Holland was in this movie, and I'm, I was looking for him, and I didn't see him. Tom Hollander. Who's Tom Hollander? The, the guy that plays King George. That doesn't help. Kaiser Wilhelm and Tsar Nicholas. Oh, that's his name. Oh, okay. I yeah. Just Tom Hollander. Okay, I know him from um, In the Loop. Uh, Mm. Uh, and yeah, he's a very funny actor. Oh, I didn't realize he was playing different people. Yeah. Okay. He, he played all all, th- all three get that. quote unquote kings. I was so angry and frustrated <laughs> with this movie that I didn't get that he was playing three different roles. Yeah. He was, I knew him from the Pirates of the Caribbean franchise. Yeah. He was Cutler Beckett. Yeah. Uh. Um. So uh, th- 
I don't know. I don't know how I feel about Tom Hollander in this. I oh. mean, I, I think he did a great job being able to pull off three people, and no one knows that he play, pulled off three people. I don't know good. if that's a good job, though. I knew it was him every time. I just didn't realize he was playing three different people. <laughs> um, but what are our thoughts on... Let, let's start with King George. I'm out of this I mean, conversation. I mean, g- g- granted, that's the only one that we really see doing anything in this movie. I think also the problem you have, like, and this this is the problem that this movie boils down to. If you're going to do a Kingsman movie and do historical characters, they should be over the top and just weird yes. and crazy. Yeah. Nobody in this movie, with the exception of Rescuing. four four or five characters, are memorable. No, mm-hmm. they're not. And it, and it sucks too, because like you know, as much as we're gonna make fun of Rob viciously for not realizing that that was three the <laughs> same actor playing three characters. No, no, I knew it was the same actor. I just didn't know it was three different a- three different characters. And that that says a lot about <laughs> That's this. Worse. Like, I'm like, oh, he's back again. Oh, he's here again. Oh wait, he changed his mustache back. before it was. Curled I did. Up, I, thought it, I thought it was showing passage of time. I didn't know it was three different characters. <laughs> yes, he played uh, King George, Kaiser well, Wilhelm. Now that you pointed out Sardinus. to me, I realize it. <laughs> so there are plenty of movies where actors portray multiple characters. Right. Um, a perfect example is Mars Attacks. Jack Nicholson mm-hmm, plays mm-hmm. two characters in it, and they are completely different. Under mm-hmm. every circumstance. And that's the point. One's over the top. One's a little bit more reserved. If you're going to do something like this, this is your chance to really satirize. And I don't understand. And Matthew Vaughn still did this movie. Like, mm-hmm. he directed the other ones, yeah, too. And I, I love, know. I, I love Matthew that, yeah. Vaughn. And there are times where you see his his style of direction. But, man, this this movie does not feel like a no. Kingsman movie. I and know. it sucks because I, I walked out enjoying it. And now I'm sitting here going... But did I? Yeah. Yeah. Well, another movie I want to draw attention to. I don't know if, how familiar you guys are with it. Doctor Strangelove. Um, oh, and how I learned how to love ooh, the Italian You bomb. are familiar with it. <laughs> yeah, okay. this is the war room. They're still fighting in here. Oh, uh, it's, that might be hands down my favorite comedy of all time. Oh, it is fantastic. And Peter Sellers is in it. And Peter Sellers plays a few different characters in it, too. But those characters are so vastly different from one another, too. Mm-hmm. He plays mm-hmm. the president of the United States. He plays Doctor Strangelove himself. Uh, and I think he plays one other. Possibly, I, 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 I know he was supposed to play Slim Pickens' role, but he he didn't. Um, but like that, you know, Peter Sellers is another. Alec Guinness, he's another one that plays multiple character, multiple characters in a movie, but yet you can tell they're different. Whereas Tom Hollander, you forgot one of the biggest people, who Eddie, Eddie Murphy. Murphy. Eddie Murphy. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> what do you mean biggest? That that's exactly uh, why I yeah, said it. <laughs> um, right, carry on. All right. Let's get off Tom Hollander. Please. Next up, we have Zemo. I mean, um, Daniel Yay. Brühl as Eric Jan Hanusen. I'm afraid he's going to get typecast as like the, the foreign bad guy almost yeah. trope. Like, I, I really do enjoy him, though. Um, obviously, we know him as Baron Zemo from mm-hmm. uh, yep. the Marvel Cinematic Universe, but I loved him in The Alienist. He was mm-hmm. fantastic in that show. Oh, I don't know that one. It, uh, it was, again, another period piece type show where yep. him... Um, Luke Evans and that oh, yeah. that other young lady whose name escapes me right now, but he plays an alienist <laughs> oh. basically in you know Victor uh, you know 1910s New I'm York. S- I'm sorry, what is an alienist? It, the study of people with mental ailments. Oh, mm-hmm. okay, right. So like back then, that that's what they were called okay. alienists because they were studying the alien, alien aspects. Yeah. I I didn't realize this until I looked him up earlier that he was in an Inglorious Bastards. Yeah. Yes, I didn't know that. I, I that's a I love that movie. Yeah. And that's another example yeah. of the satire of a historical yes. fact. Yep. Like, <laughs> that's what this movie should have been. I'm sorry. I know. Yeah. Um, I mean. He's in it. 
he's in it. I mean, what the thing I'm confused about. So, for those that don't know, we have a mid credit scene, and in it we get introduced to Hitler. Mm-hmm. In it, so the actual character Eric Jan Hanussen was an Austrian Jewish publicist. So you're telling me this Jewish person is working with Hitler? Uh, like, like, well, he's also a hypnotist, mentalist, yes. occultist, and astrologer. Good for him. Right? Remember when those were like exceptionally valid careers? Yeah. Like, not to downplay it at this point, but like, yeah, it's, it was weird. Like, back, yeah. back in the 19, early 1900s, I was, like, if I knew my horoscopes, I was a wizard. <laughs> right? Now I have an app on my phone. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm just curious to see that what what goes on cuz it seemed like we're going to get another movie. And so that's what no. I wanted, that's what I wanted to bring up. <laughs> it's it seemed like they were setting this movie up for a sequel, but I don't A I don't want one. I no. I don't want a sequel to a prequel. You know what they call that? The main series. Yeah. Right? It's almost like they were trying to set up like another movie cuz we'll get to him. We might as well just talk to him about him now. They cast yeah. Aaron Taylor Johnson and Stanley Tucci as two members and David Cross as Hitler. Yeah, I yeah. didn't realize that was David Cross. Yeah, so th- they hire all these like exceptionally decent names. Like I love Aaron Taylor Johnson, and I will mm-hmm. defend Quicksilver to the end mm-hmm. of the day. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought he was way more fleshed out than he was in. Talk about a Deus Ex Machina. Mm-hmm. X Men Quicksilver is the is the worst Deus Ex Machina. Agreed, hundred percent. To the point where they have to constantly take him out of the fights. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but I really enjoy Aaron Taylor Johnson, and I enjoy his work. Oh, Kick Ass! You know, yeah, yeah. he's Kick Ass, and we're, we're going to definitely talk about Kick Ass at some point because now they're talking about rebooting it. Yeah. But um I like we see him in the movie and I was like, is that Aaron Taylor Johnson? Yeah, yeah right? I, I leaned over to you. You 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 made some comment and I'm like, who is that? I was like, it's to tell me. I'm like, oh my gosh, it is. Yeah. yeah. And then, you know, obviously they put him in as one of the um founders of Kingsman. Yeah. But, but for no for what reason? But he's only in it. Because for he like has the connection minutes. to Conrad. Yeah. That, that's so, it. I don't know. I just thought it was a real Actually, let's face it, he's got a connection to Matthew Vaughn. That's fair. That's <laughs> yeah, exceptionally that's fair. But again, Stanley Tucci too. I was like, oh my god, that's Stanley Tucci. Yeah. yeah, Stanley Tucci. I think has three lines in the movie. Yeah, mm-hmm. and uh, then it just—it's just weird that it really felt like they were trying to set up. And I, yeah. if I may, bring up the box office now. Rough. Yeah. So what since, we'll do is since we'll, we're talking about sequels. Yeah. What, what, what we'll do from here is I think we kind of went over the the cast the, members the cast really for the most part, about. and we kind of went oh, over. I will give a plot. shout out to Charles Dance. Who's in it too? For you, I know you guys wouldn't have recognized him, but he's big Game of Thrones person, so oh, okay. it was just neat to see him in oh, there. Okay, yeah, um, but yeah, we'll we'll kind of just get into our thoughts uh, of the movie in its entirety and okay. everything. Uh, but yeah, Rob. So opening weekend in America, it opened to five point nine million dollars. Oh, so it didn't make its money. That is okay. not good. Um, and I believe it it came out five days after Spider Man, which again was a problem. Yeah. Because Spider Man came out December seventeenth, and this came out December twenty second. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it was a it was a Christmas movie. I, we should also mention that this is was being distributed by Twentieth Century Fox, which technically doesn't exist anymore. Right. Yeah. So this is kind of a holdover from there too. Yeah, because I mean, what it was supposed to originally come out in twenty nineteen, something like that. Yeah. I think. Um, it so far has made twenty two point seven million dollars in America. Yeah. After okay. seventeen days. 
Um, internationally, it made $30 million. So it's right now sitting on $53 million that it's made. Now, the, I looked up to find out what the budget is for the movie, and nobody knows. But they did say that the second Kingsman movie had a budget of $104 million. Right. So it's got to be probably around Around there. that, you would And think. remember, that's when they say budget, that's just how much to make the movie. That doesn't usually no count marketing, pu- marketing and publicity. Right. So this movie is absolutely going to be. I think it's safe to consider this financially a bomb. Yeah. Um, because it's Disney and 20th Century Fox are going to owe money on this movie. And then it brings up the question, right? They're they're starting production on Kingsman three. I think in September. That mm-hmm. that's the goal with Eggsy and mm-hmm. and Harry coming back. Um, I refer to them by their character names, yeah. not the actor names. Who cares? <laughs> but um, you know, these movies have always been relatively successful enough that they keep making new ones. But I, I definitely think that this movie suffered – it suffered from a lot of things. It suffered from fighting Spider-Man No Way Home. Yeah. Nobody could could have predicted that the third Spider-Man movie of the series was going to like just run the yeah. world the way that it did. Especially, you know, we did mention COVID and Omicron and all that stuff has been on the rise. So, like, a lot of people are, are a little bit more hesitant about going out. And this movie also, like – it only went to theaters, so it really brings up the question: Do they want to consider this one of the the COVID failures and just chalk it up to that, so that way they can justify making more of this series? Because I, I want to see Kingsman three, even mm. though Kingsman: The Secret Service, or excuse me, Kingsman: The Golden Circle, ended with that happy ending for Exy and, mm-hmm. and kind of tied it up. I want to see Channing Tatum as a Kingsman. Yeah. Like I want to see Exy like come to fruition and unfortunately i do think he's going to die in the next movie yeah but um i want to see more of this world and it makes me sad that we were excited we were excited for this movie yeah yeah we really were and now we're sitting here kind of going yeah it was dang it a big disappointment Mm. all right let's go around doing some final thoughts on this before we give our star city ratings or actually scratch that star city ratings while giving your final thoughts who would like to go first gentlemen uh, I'll go first. I'm going to give this movie a two and a half. It is a completely average, average movie. Um, I think my thoughts are going to change. You know, we we've had a lot of discussions behind the scenes about what when we should record episodes, and sometimes seeing them right after we see a movie is not always the best idea. Right. But I think a movie like this, where like immediately we got ve- we all got very objective about this movie. Yeah. And which we should say for the audience, we just saw this movie about two hours ago. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Rob still has a scarf on. Like, <laughs> it's a fashionable scarf. I don't know. After that watching, no one can see right now. <laughs> I don't know. After seeing scarves in this movie, I'm, uh, I'm not wearing one. <laughs> it's not cashmere. Yeah, I was going to say, is God. it cashmere? Um, so for me, like, th- I was really excited to see this movie. The trailers definitely misled us and misled us about the tone of the movie. And that that mm-hmm. I can't abide. If I know the tone of kind of the tone of a movie before I go into it, it makes me it makes it the movie sit better for me, right? Um, for this movie, there was there were some great moments. There was like some great fight scenes, some great, some very good characters that I really did enjoy. But for a Kingsman movie, where you watch like the Golden Circle, which is considered like not as good as the first one, they still introduced characters that I was like enthralled with. Yeah, right. You introduce Channing Tatum owns it as as whiskey and he, yep. or tequila, and tequila. he's only in the movie for like four and a half minutes. Yeah. And then you had Pedro Pascal as Whiskey, who you understood by the end of the movie where he was coming from. And was it right? No. But, like, I didn't – nothing about this movie is memorable. But it had so many great ideas. Like, again, we talked about it. I love when they play around with history and and Mm -hmm. kind of line it up and do all those things. But, yeah, two two and a half. But I I feel like it's going to go down to a two. Wow. Yeah. Which is really (laughs) sad for a Kingsman movie. Yeah. Yeah. 
Rob? I'm actually not far off from a lot of your comments and, and opinions there. Um, I was checking my, I don't know if you noticed, I was checking my watch a lot during yeah, this saw. movie. I was bored. Um, I love the idea that they are playing with history. Like, I'll give you another example of a, a show that does that. I don't know if you've watched it at all. It's on Hulu. It's called The Great. And it's about uh, Catherine the Great. And it is his, it's, it's, plays a lot with history. It is absolutely hysterical um, and it's enjoyable, but it's it doesn't take ser- ser- history very seriously, and I'm okay with that. Whereas this one, it sometimes took it a little too seriously, and I wish they had I wish they had more fun. Like this, Kingsman movies are supposed to be fun. Yeah, They're, I didn't find myself having fun at all. I, other than the Rasputin fight, which I thought was choreographed kind of neat, that was the only moment of fun I think I had. Everything else was like just dull and boring, and mm-hmm. there were so many times I was like, "What's the? What is the purpose of this movie?" I, I mean, I know it's to set up that this is how the Kingsman came about, but why do I need to know all these other stories in order to do that? Why can't I just see one person's story? I also wished that we had seen the movie through one person's perspective. Like, like I have to say, you know, I think the, the Kingsman movies are mostly Eggsy's perspective. Mm-hmm. This one, it was all over the place. It was, you know, sometimes it was, you know, Raph Fiennes. Sometimes it was his son. Sometimes it was uh, the people on a ship. Sometimes it was Rasputin. And it was so unfocused, which another character actor we didn't talk about, Matthew Good, mm-hmm. uh, as uh, uh, whatever he is. Um <laughs> I, I will. I will tell you. As soon as I saw Matthew Good, I went. He's the bad guy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like I knew it right oh, away yeah. that he was behind everything. I, it just. It was. T- it, it was befuddling. This movie. It was severely unfocused. Now, having said that, I am actually agreeing with your two and a half. Okay. Um, because it didn't as as conf- as bad as it was it never made me angry and like a two-star movie is a movie that i'm just like i'm i i'm angry that i saw it i want my time back whereas this one was just like a shoulder shrug of like eh, you know water, here we are here we are yeah. water under the bridge whatever it's over thank god um because there is some technological um mastery at play here like a lot of the like you were saying a lot of the trench scenes yeah was like wow this is really impressive for another movie. Yeah. Uh, I just, just wish it wasn't in a Kingsman movie. So I will stay at two and a half. However, having also said it's at two and a half, I cannot recommend this movie right. mm-hmm. at all. Whereas there are some movies that are at, t- at two and a half stars where I'm like, it's average, but I, you know, it's worth your time to see mm-hmm. it. No, avoid this one completely. Yeah. So I, I thought, you know, just as Rob was talking, I think this movie would have been way more fun as some sort of limited series mm. where um, a, like a new Merlin was telling Eggsy the story of the Kingsman. That's a great friend. And every episode, and they use Taron Egerton as the main character. like, yeah. like Kind of like a drunk history type thing yeah. where every episode it's like a mission from the Kingsman past. Yeah. And it's like, and like there's Colin Firth as playing like this character and instead of, you mm-hmm. know, obviously his I own. I love that. I think that would have been like a really cool Netflix type thing or... 
or something along those lines. I really I, yeah. now yeah. I'm, now I'm sitting here going, I wish I had that instead. Me too. Because yeah. it same idea. Like you know, here's the here's the mission where we tried to kill Rasputin, and break it up into different stories. Here's right. the mission where the Archduke was killed, and we had to intervene afterward. That would have been really cool. Yeah, I love that idea. I had to yeah. get that out. I was literally like signaling to Rod. I was like, let I me talk. You. I was like, let me talk. I'm glad you did. That's a great idea. Yeah. I think that would have solved so many problems. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Ronnie, what were your... So, this is my thing. I start off my grading based off of what I watch this again. So, mm-hmm. to me, if, if it's a movie I would not watch again, it starts at a two and a half for me. Right? So, okay. it, it can go up to a three, though, you know, but I still wouldn't watch it again and go go down as far as i wanted to um so with that being said i think there is just way too much that is wrong with this movie mm-hmm. you know you had no growth with mm-hmm. any character at all in this you know you could possibly possibly argue you had very little growth with orlando oxford you know mm-hmm. coming to realization that oh my son was right but or even like oh polly is right i need a snap out of being a drunk right now mm-hmm. you know and staying in this stage of grief well if Gemma Ardenton made out with me I'd be I'd get over a couple <laughs> of my issues <laughs> yeah right um but I, I just think there was just so much wrong and not enough good to keep it at a two and a half mm-hmm. so I'm gonna give this movie a two wow wow I don't yeah. usually, we don't usually get you're, no. you're usually the way more optimistic yes. out of all yeah no I, I just to me the only bright spot is Jiman Hansu. Okay. Yeah, that's other fair. other than that, there's nothing else that kind of stands out. Yes, there are cool moments. I am a sucker for war movies. Mm-hmm. So again, the whole trench scene and everything, and then him running back uh, with that the English spy that right. was German. Like, don't get me wrong, that to me is beautiful. I actually would compare that to the Wonder Woman scene. Of oh, her oh, running yeah. through the battlefield, yeah, that's a good one. almost. Um, good comparison. Thank you. Uh, you know, so like to me, that's really it. That tr- whole entire trench scene and Jiman Hansu is the only bright spot about this. This is why I have to give it a two. Nice, yes. rough, yeah, rough. First, first two of twenty twenty two. Yeah, right. That, that's why I did it. No, no, not really. Um, mm-hmm. But I think that's going to wrap us up for today's discussion of The Kingsman. But before we go, we do have our fan feedback Friday. Why did you make it sound like suggestive? Because I was, I was, <laughs> I was, I was, I was stalling for you. Appreciate having, it. <laughs> having said that fan feedback Friday, I just want to say that Friday was a snow day for the school, so I didn't get that's to fine. ask my yeah. students. So I'm sorry. It's that's totally a little fine. sparser they than usual. They could also just follow they, the Multiverse Fancast on do. Facebook and answer mm-hmm. themselves. Sorry, I said a bad word, guys. <laughs> I feel bad. So the question was, obviously, with the beginning of the new year, uh, what superhero show or movie are you most hyped about for the year? And we got a couple, yeah. We had uh, Superman and Lois and the Multiverse of Madness from our friend Mike. Uh, our friend Ryan said Multiverse of Madness and uh, Moon Knight and the Boys. Yeah. I still can't believe that this one was said. Um, and somebody even commented, I can't believe this one was said, basically. The Batman by Rob. Yeah, mm-hmm. I gotta say. The new tra- the trailers are really getting me hyped. Uh, let's see. Miss Marvel and She-Hulk also. We have uh, Ahsoka. I totally forget about uh, the Star Wars mm. uh, things that are coming out. I just started watching Boba Fett. Moon Knight and The Boys. So nice. a lot of the same stuff. But, uh, yeah. I mean, it's, it's going to be a good year, at least for, definitely for the TV stuff. I'm very excited to see, though. We have a lot of good movies coming out in 2022. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, I'm actually kind of surprised some stuff wasn't mentioned too. You know, like Morbius. Just kidding. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry, I had to. I had to. You know what though? It's like when you're driving on the highway and there's an accident. We all stop and look. I I, I want to see this 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 train wreck of an accident. I was actually thinking maybe next week's fan feedback Friday question should be, what upcoming film or television show are you planning to be disappointed by? (laughs) (laughs) But see, I would not be disappointed by Morbius because I'd be going in there expecting disappointment. And if you expect disappointment you won't be disappointed yes <laughs> is that what you told jackie when you proposed yep <laughs> and she went you're right i say yes <laughs> nailed it um but that's going to wrap us up for today don't forget that you can take us on the go with podbean spotify stitcher apple Podcasts, or any other listening station you can also find all of our content on the misfitfaction.com where you get access to our podcast as well as rob's corner where he does some writing and everything um and then you can also follow us on instagram the misfit faction you can find us on facebook the misfit faction media network as well as obviously the multiverse fan cast that's gonna wrap us up and we will see you when we see you next Uh, as always he's phil (laughs) (laughs) reese (laughs) ifans i am arthur I'm Lancelot. And I'm worried about the future of our podcast. (laughs) (laughs) No, I'm just kidding. I'm Ronnie. I'm Paul. Oh, we're doing it. Okay. And I'm Rob. And we'll be back in a flash. Zvetsky Stoll, which is Russian for smorgasbord.